Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant good Saturday afternoon to you, wherever you may be, or whatever day it might be for you. I'm Harry Alexander, and this is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, we got a great show planned for today. We're going to be talking uh, with Allison Bunting shortly here. Uh, she's from the Empire Ranch, and they've got a way cool event coming up uh, on March the 23rd. In the meantime, i got to tell you who else is over here, and that would be... Yeah. That would be Mr. DeFrance. Mr. Bunker DeFrance. But Mr. confuses me. Star of stage, screen, and... Supermarket Supermarket opening. opening. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) When's the last supermarket you opened? Oh, as many as I can. No, no, when was the last? When was the last? As long ago as I can remember. Uh, good grief. We're just having a ball here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cattle drives is our topic for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to move mm-hmm. along. And uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want me, you want me to get yes. into our little bit of yes, we news have, information we stuff do, and all we, whatnot? We do have some uh, okay. info to pass on, and well, it is yours, sir. For all of you aficionados of Western movies and TV... Uh, legendary bad man Morgan Woodward, at the age of 93, passed away on February 22nd uh, from his Paso Robles Ranch. Uh, he did 25 episodes of Gunsmoke, was a regular playing Shotgun Gibbs on Wyatt Earp, which was one of Harry's very, my, very favorites. My favorite, yeah. And he worked in virtually every other Western TV Western made. He was... Very prolific actor. I had the pleasure of working with him on a movie called Speed Trap. Mm-hmm. And I got a little story about Morgan. All right, please. We were peep, out in the pass. coffee shop in the morning having breakfast before mm-hmm. we went out. Uh, Jackie Bridges was standing in. I was standing in and doubling. And uh, we were all sitting at the table together, Morgan, us, and a couple of other people. The waitress came by to take our orders. And when he gave his order, he says, oh, by the way, he says, could you have the cook burn the toast a little bit on the edges? And she looked at him, and he says, no, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. <laughs> and so when she left, she explained to him, she says, when I was a kid growing up in Texas, mm-hmm. he says, my mom was not the best toast maker, and I, I grew up eating burnt toast. Nice. He says, I like the taste. Nice. Isn't that cool? Nice, nice, nice. Now, yes, he was one of my favorite uh, Side, side, I guess we could call him a sidekick, right? Well, he was on uh, Wyatt Earp. He was on Wyatt Earp, but he was no sidekick on uh, Cool Hand Luke. No, he certainly was not. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that one shot, the opening shot of him standing there mm-hmm. with those mirrored sunglasses, mm-hmm. didn't say a word. Mm-mm. That's all Established you needed. that road camp better than a hundred pages of dialogue. It's like looking at Elam, and he's looking. Back at you, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's just a little kind right. of tidbit of, of entertaining news. Okay. Uh, Real Bravo is going to be showing out at Old Tucson Yay. on Saturday, April 6th at 7 p.m. Nice. The gates open at 530. Uh, they will not set passes for that screening. It's a 60th anniversary of Old Tucson screening. It's out at 201 South Kenny Road. Mm-hmm. There's seating in the... In the uh, Bleachers, and they also recommend maybe bringing a lawn chair or something like that if you want something a little more comfortable. Okay. And that's that's it. Oh, and tomorrow, like today, which is probably over, and tomorrow, the powwow out at San Javier de Bach, mm-hmm. the mission. It's a great powwow. If, you, if you've never been to a powwow, this is a good one to start with. If you've been to a powwow, it's a good one to enjoy. And if you've never been to San Javier, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, by all means, go not necessarily for this particular uh, event, but just go. Well, you know that San Javier was the ranch set for uh, the Don and High Chaparral. I am not surprised about that. That's what they used, the, the, you know, that back patio area. I am not surprised. Yeah. Let's uh, bring on our yes, guest here. Our great and guest. And let me find her first. Of all. There she is. Where is she? Did she you is. Lose she, her? No, I didn't lose her. Okay, There's so many sure. doggone things going on here. Allison Bunting. She's uh, from the Empire Ranch. She is like a uh, historian. Um, extraordinary. Uh, extraordinary. Uh, it, it'd be my guess uh, because I can't think of any 
any other ways to describe you, Allison. Welcome to our program. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to join you. Well, we appreciate that. Now, the Empire has a uh, great event going on uh, March the 23rd, and that's why you're here to talk about it. And uh, while, while you talk about that, I'm going to put up a picture for our YouTube viewers of uh, Mr. Walter Vale because he's the guy who's all responsible for what's going to be happening. Pretty much so. All right. Well, I'd like to invite you and your listeners to our milestone celebration that we're having this coming Saturday, March 23rd, starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. And what we're doing is celebrating the completion of a lot of stabilization and preservation work that's been done at the Empire Ranch with the collaboration of the Empire Ranch Foundation and the Bureau of Land Management. Mm -hmm. About uh, a year and a half was spent um, preserving and stabilizing the historic Empire Ranch House. And so the day will celebrate the completion of that project with some invited guests who will give opening remarks mm -hmm. um, included in that group are former U.S. Representative Jim Colby, mm -hmm. Pima County Supervisor Steve Christie, the former BLM State Director Dean Bibles, who worked with uh, Representative Colby mm -hmm. on the creation and designation of the Los Cienegas National Conservation yeah, Jim was very big in, yeah Jim was very big into that stuff when he was in Congress uh, I, I, I have known Jim quite well over the years of, back in my early days of broadcasting here in Tucson he's from an old ranching family down yeah. there isn't he Allison? yes he is he, his family his father ranch the rail X ranch which actually at one time was part of the Empire Ranch Holdings, mm -hmm. but he grew up ranching in the Sonoida area under the firm direction of his father, so uh, he really had a great love for all the ranches in the area, and especially the Empire Ranch and the opportunity to preserve the ranch and the open spaces around it. So, Another speaker will be the BLM Tucson Field Manager, Jamie Lopez. Mm -hmm. Any other activities and, going on uh, surrounding the well, grand reopening here? Yeah, after the opening celebration and the ribbon cutting, people will have the opportunity to wander through the ranch house and see some of the new exhibits that we've installed mm -hmm. in the ranch house. And then at 1130, we're going to have a presentation by a historian, a landscape historian, Robin Pinto, mm -hmm. on the Empire to Los Cienegas National Conservation Area. So mm -hmm. that will be a great opportunity to learn about the history of the ranch and the Los Cienegas Conservation Area. And, and of course, there'll be docent tours available, I suspect, right? Yes, the docents actually will be stationed throughout the ranch house to mm -hmm. allow people to explore on their own, and then they can answer questions. So we encourage people to come out and poke around a lot and uh, learn about this beautiful building. Eric Means, who directed the preservation project, is also going to be doing a tour focusing Good. on some of the preservation work that was done. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I just want to point out that Robin Pinto <clears throat> is really a his extraordinary uh, historian. She mm -hmm. did a paper with the U of A, which was an award-winning paper about the empire. Yep. You've been with that organization yep. for a long, long time, Allison. Beginning, I think. Uh, yeah, you were one of the folks who helped start it, weren't you? No, no. I was still working and living in California at that time. Uh -huh. I became involved in about 2007, so it has been a long time. But mm -hmm. the early founders of the foundation were people like Gerald Cordy and Steve Boyce mm -hmm. and some Vale family members. Mm -hmm. and, and Gerald and Steve are still around doing what they do for the ranch, right? Yeah. Yes, well, yes. I, I, and I'm I hoping that they'll be out that day so there'll be a chance for people to meet them. Mm -hmm. Well, I plan on being down there and 
uh, for the people that listen and watch the show, uh, I've been involved with the Empire, I don't know how many years now, but uh, it's been a marvelous experience being down there. And I just want to point out that after the stabilization, the ranch is probably in the best shape physically, Mm -hmm. the building and the structures, as it's been in the last hundred years. It's important to save these historic buildings and uh, to preserve uh, and protect that uh, culture, um, the heritage, most definitely. And far too many people just think, well, it's just a stupid old building. Yeah, Yeah, well, that stupid old building, if the walls could talk, would be telling you a lot. (laughs) Well, it's history. It's still still history. That's for sure. Yeah. And how often do you get to walk through history, see history, and then have people there that are knowledgeable? And I have to point out, too, that the Dolcent program is, uh, I guess you'd call it this child of Allison because she's run that program, and she has... A marvelous group of docents down there. These are some of the best docents around, I believe. Yeah, yeah, no question. I was involved with the Empire Ranch Board for a short period of time, and uh, Emil Franzi got me on the board, and I thoroughly enjoyed all the work that I did on the board and, and for the organization. However, um, there are you know, some health issues for me, and that just it's the way, the, the, way of the world, Harry. You know, when I sit, I'm fine. Sometimes your wheels get so squeaky, you got to stop and oil them. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I didn't bring well, the grease, the we grease pot with me. Well, we miss you both, and we're <laughs> so glad you. that you occasionally still have time to come down to the ranch or help us out occasionally. But well, I'm on the your contribution board now again, so I'm still, I'm back to be not as active, but semi Still as ornery as ever. Well, you cause <laughs> as much true. trouble as That's I possibly true. can. <laughs> Uh, Allison, we're going to be talking about uh, cattle drives today, and uh, it, it's rather fortuitous that you were uh, perfect being on the program with us. Uh, and uh, Walter Vale is the guy who basically did the the last major cattle drive uh, from uh, the Empire to Temecula. And the it's, Western Drive. The Western Drive. It's been documented very well. There's a book available at the Empire Ranch gift, uh, gift shop. Uh, detailing that. In fact, it's his diary, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Allison was Well, it was actually the diary of Walter's brother, uh, Ed Thale, yeah. who okay. was um, one of the leaders of the cattle drive. But Walter, of course, owned the Empire Ranch at the mm-hmm. time in 1890 when they made the drive. And Ed, his brother, um, participated in it and wrote up a series of articles back in the early 1910s in the Arizona Daily Star, and then we were able to republish that into a booklet and add some photos of the drive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we have in our archives. I have a question for you, Allison. Uh, While I was doing research for the cattle drives, I came across on one of the websites, a uh, there's a publication called Desert Tracks, it's the newsletter of the Southwest Chapter of the Oregon-California Trails Association. And they had an article in there, A Desert Trail Drive of 1890 by Phil Brigatti. And it's about the event, and it really covers a lot of stuff, you know, that you, that you covered in your, in your booklet. And what was kind of neat, though, was there was also a little bit of a follow-up uh, about the Foxes, you know, the two brothers that... Uh, joined the drive, and one of them ended up getting shot right. because they were... But could you tell us some more about the drive? Mm-hmm. You've know, got to give us a, uh, a thumbnail of beginning to end and the trials and tribulations because it was a successful drive. Now I'll pop the picture of Walter Vale back up on the screen there. Please. There you go. <laughs> it you was got, got a far. very successful drive. The, the impetus for the drive was that the Southern Pacific Railroad decided that they were going to raise the rates that they were going to charge ranchers for shipping cattle. And um, Walter Vale and his brother thought that was not right, and so they decided, let's try driving these cattle to California and see if we can do it less expensively than it would have cost us to send them by rail. And um, it took them, I'm forgetting right now, it was a couple of months and a few days to drive them from Sonoida to the Temecula area, 
And they had about 900 cattle, and on the drive they had, um, I believe it was about eight vaqueros, um, the Empire Ranch foreman at the time, a man named Tom Turner, and they also had a Chinese cook who was feeding the group. <laughs> and they had quite, quite a number of adventures getting the cattle, but they lost very few of them, and so... It turned out financially to be quite successful, and probably the best end result was that the railroad rescinded that rate hike because they didn't want other ranchers doing the same thing and cutting them out completely. Yeah, the railroad lose some business, wouldn't well, they? <laughs> you know, an interesting backstory yes. on that is uh, that's covered in the Desert Tracks article is that after the trail drive, when uh, Ned was back home. Uh, the ranchers got together because this is something they had done in the past because mm-hmm. you know, it, was, it was called the Southern Immigrants Trail, mm-hmm. among other names. And But they decided that they were going to build it up. They were going to go and uh, reopen the old stage stations, clean up wells, maybe dig a couple of new ones, and just really make it so it would be much more easier for them to do the drives. Mm -hmm. And the railroad asked, when they had the meeting to establish all this, asked if they could have a representative there, which they acquiesced. And he came, heard this, went back to the railroad, and immediately they said, we'll go back to the old rates. Mm. So, you know, it just shows you how organized they were. And this is another interesting thing. When they did the river crossing there in Colorado, they hired a, a, some of the local Indians to cut down the banks so they could, because mm-hmm. they were like about 10 feet mm-hmm. tall, mm-hmm. so they could access. But they had some sick uh, cattle that just, they didn't do it. They actually barged them across, paid the railroad uh, a couple of bucks, and Vale made a comment that it actually would have been cheaper for us to have, from that point, to have <laughs> shipped them there. But he says it was it was the, the principle. principle of yeah, the matter. Yeah, of course. I have a, mm-hmm. a, a, a picture up on our YouTube uh, broadcast uh, showing the route uh, that Vale took from the Empire uh, through into California. And looks like he touches, now um, Cochise County didn't exist at that time, no. No, it did exist. I don't know why they're not showing it. But anyway, it uh, the drive, it goes up, uh, touches uh, almost Pinell County. And then swings around down through to uh, the Yuma area, uh, where they crossed. Uh, it looks like it may be south of Yuma. They did cross out. And uh, crossing the Colorado mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, it, that is just so such cool stuff to you well, know to see and to hear about and and, and talk about. Can you tell us a little bit, Allison, about the incident with the Fox brothers? You know. Well, the Fox Brothers um, were at when once they I believe once they got into California, they these two brothers came and asked if they could basically trail along with the with the trail, and Ned Vale and Tom Turner agreed. Um, It turned out they were fugitives and Mm -hmm. were being hunted down by. Uh, sheriff and his posse mm-hmm. and if i'm remembering correctly um, they were camped for the night when the sheriff approached and talked to ned vale and tom turner and let them know that they were after these two brothers mm-hmm. and they were able to take capture one of them peacefully but the other one started to run and he was killed um, by somebody in the sheriff posses. Does that match with your recollection, Bunker? That's that's pretty spot on. What had happened is the brothers had joined, and, and Ned told them that it, if they could join, but they would have to, they'd have to earn their keep. And so they, they actually helped with the drive for a few days. I don't know how many. And they were near Carrizo, uh, which was one of the, which was right after the worst part of the, the driest, 24 miles without water. That was the longest dry stretch that they had. And the uh, the sheriff, and I can't remember what county he was from, had had uh, trailed him because they thought they, they were a gang that had been stealing horses, and they trailed him down to the Mexican border. But somehow or another, he found out that they had broke mm-hmm. away. and went. So he got on the train to, Me- to, to Mecula, and then 
knowing the route of the cattle drives would take, backtrack, and then he came upon the uh, hmm. camp at night, mm-hmm. and uh, Walter said, you know, I don't want, not Walter, but Ned said, I don't want any trouble, and so he, he introduced the sheriff and his uh, posse as miners, and they sat oh. around, had dinner, and then after dinner, when everybody was kind of relaxed, then all of a sudden the they grabbed the brothers, <laughs> the older brother, they grabbed him, and got his gun away from him. The younger brother, they grabbed him, but he broke and ran. And the uh, deputy ran after him. And uh, Ned was running behind him, hollering at the deputy, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. And the deputy shot him. Yeah. And one of the interesting things that somebody pointed out was that they were Arizona law officers in California, they had no jurisdiction and no papers. But that didn't bother them. But the the San Diego paper called them heroes. Of course. Of course we're doing it. Of course. Allison, uh, the uh, uh, event gets underway uh, the 23rd at what time now? At 10 o'clock. And it'll be over by 1. So it's a nice day to come down, spend the morning in taking in a bunch of history and then mm-hmm. maybe go to lunch in Sonoida or visit the wineries in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Are there going to be any vendors or anything like that there? No, it's just um, just the celebration focusing okay. on the ranch house and Robin okay. Pinto's talk. Yeah. All right. And uh, that. so that'll be uh, Saturday, March the 23rd, starting at 10 a.m., Empire Ranch is, uh, oh, maybe 50 miles southeast of Tucson. You head on, uh, from Tucson, you head uh, uh, I-10 east until you come to the Sonoyta Turnoff. Make the turn onto Arizona 83 and follow the signs to the Empire Ranch. If you're coming from New Mexico, well, obviously, you do the opposite. You you go to Texas? <laughs> no, you don't go to Texas. That's what you would do. No, well, that's um, the opposite. <laughs> you go, you come You come west on Interstate 10. See what I have to put up with, Allison? Uh, you go west you do, on... You do uh, go through Texas Canyon, though. Well, that's true, from see? All right. Well, he he was Thank not you. very specific, though. <laughs> Thank you, Dallas. <laughs> anyway, uh, just go. It's yeah. the Empire Ranch, uh, located it's down about just just under an hour's drive yeah. from the heart. Of and it's you know it's a beautiful drive to oh. boot. Hey, when you're driving down there, when you turn off of I-10 onto 83, turn your radio off, yeah. roll your windows down, yeah. and just enjoy the drive. Yeah. Allison, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really, uh, really, really appreciate your time with us today. Well, thank you, and I'll see you have a great Saturday. rest of your show. I thank shall. You. We shall. Thank you so much for being with us. Allison Bunting, the historian for the uh, Empire Ranch and uh, Foundation there. And uh, the big event happening March 23rd, it's the what, Grand Rio. And a wonderful person. And but, Yeah, she is a wonderful person, no question <laughs> about that. Hey, we got to do our first commercial break here, so uh, we're going to do that, and we will be back with much more information and whatnot right here on Abel Francie's Voices of the West. Stay tuned. <laughs> Voices of the West will be right back. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Ski Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. 
Tucson Estate Planning, where attorneys Ron Zach and Chanel Schmitz design estate plans to keep you out of court. There are so many people who say they do estate planning. What they're doing is they're just picking up forms. It's not a lot different than just going out and getting your own forms and filling them out. That causes a lot of problems. We know what goes to court. We know what problems come up. Zach and Schmitz, PLC. Estate planning attorneys you can trust. 520-664-3420. TucsonEstatePlanning.com. You know what you've done? Yeah, punted a polecat. And don't force me to make it two. You've shut an officer of the law. I'm gambling on him not being an officer. You've overplayed your hand. Now get out, quick. Give me those papers. I'm keeping them. Go on, you're cluttering up the trail. Move! Voices of the West. And we are back right here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West Saturday for us. Who knows what day it is that you're listening? Hopefully, you're listening live. And could be um, manana. what's that? Could be manana. It could be. It could be or next yesterday. week, or the. It could be the second Tuesday of uh, next week, or you know who knows. Who even knows what millennium we're yeah. in? I don't know. I'm, I'm lucky hey, I got. We're up going this out. Way. We're going somewhere out there beyond Alpha Centauri. Some <laughs> little green-headed guy with big eyes. He's listening to that and he's going, "Man, I wish I was a cowboy." Yep. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to be talking about cattle drives, and uh, if you want to get involved in our conversation, the number's up on the YouTube screen there. But I'll pass it along anyway for those yes. not on the YouTube. It's eight four four. 908-WEST, 844-908-9378, if you'd like to join in our conversation here. And uh, let's see, uh, you can also email us at voicesofthewest at gmail.com. We're happy to uh, respond to those as much as we possibly can and as quick as we possibly can. So that's what's happening for that. Uh, Coming up later on this afternoon slash evening, here on the Voices of the West radio channel, we will have old-time radio coming up. And it's the adventures of the Cisco Kid and Pancho, Pancho. And Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring one of my favorite guys, Joel McRae. Everybody's favorite. You don't like you know, Joel McRae? Yeah, yeah. Get out of the house. Yeah, Get out of the kitchen, man. Exactly. There's something wrong with you if you don't like Joel McRae. Yeah. So, with that in mind and everything seems to I'm be... I'm going to do a shout-out. You're going to do a shout out. Yes, I just don't. I'm, I'm sorry, we don't allow those kinds of things. Can on I this do program. a whisper out? No. Uh, snicker out. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> Sherrod, one of our one of our devoted listeners from back in the southern states. Yeah. Her and some of the Buffalo gals. Uh, these are part of the fan group for High Chaparral. They're ah. here in town this weekend. Uh, they're probably they'd be probably out now, but they were going to Old Tucson. They went out to Sabino Canyon yesterday. Uh, I talked to her just briefly. They're having a wonderful time. Uh, hope you have a wonderful, safe trip home. And the other shout-out is to Margot. She promised, she didn't promise, she said she'd be listening today. Mm-hmm. And Margot, I love you, and, and thank you for your loyalty. Well, and she even called in a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes, she did. You know, yes, and Sherrod's called in a couple of yeah. times as well. So you, you should have gotten Sherrod on the show. Well, I tried to, but they were on, oh, and, they were and the on a short gals. schedule, and, they're, and they're, they were like a covey of quail when they got here. Some <laughs> went this way, some went that way, and <laughs> some went every way. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Hopefully, they're having a wonderful time. Well, that's good. Okay, we are... That's my snicker. That, that's your snicker. You know, I think what we're going to do is uh, take another break here just a bit early. Okay. So that we, we can, can get, get the roll going. We can get, get the, the cattle headed Get, out. get the cat moving on. <laughs> so we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West here on this program, program. on this YouTube channel, and on this radio channel. We will do that right after these important messages. Do stay tuned. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? 
What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. So Mr. Dean is the new foreman of the Bar Rex Ranch, huh? We can take care of him all right. Yeah, it looks like it. Never mind him now. It's the Bar Rex Ranch I'm after, and I'm ready to make my next move to get it. Welcome back to Emil Franzig's Voices of the West. And we are back right here on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, High Chaparral theme, season two. I'm ready to take over the Bar X Ranch. <laughs> Boys, let's ride. <laughs> yep. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I have to put up with. Yeah, you uh, across the bear. Every Saturday afternoon and throughout the week when we get together. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, Harry Harry has always expressed the fact that he likes ad-lib and improv, oh, yeah. so he's, he's living the curse of what he likes. Boy, I guess I am, huh? <laughs> <clears throat> hey, you know, I got us something. You know, you know, we're YouTube, but we're also iPodner. Well, yeah, pod, uh, Podcast Republic. Podna, Podna. Uh, well, yeah, but if you go to Podcast Republic, you'll be able to, uh, you know, there's a link on our website, voicesofthewest.net, and uh, you can listen to the podcast there, or and we'd like you to download the uh, the app there so that uh, you can listen to the podcasts anytime, anywhere. And, of course, we also would like you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. If you're here, and even if you're not, go to our YouTube channel and uh, subscribe. Samples. Samples. Yeah. yeah, there's uh, there's some cool stuff up there, and... I'm going to be... That was a nice segue, Harry. I like the way you just Thank slipped you. right into that. Yeah, it's pretty good, huh? You were. All right. like an old-time radio hound. Does it show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be talking cattle drives uh, on the show today. And uh, I had a yeah, video cow- clip. No, I had a video clip that I wanted to show use. Sir. Well, I don't have it because I have to go find it. And Oh, it's lost in the, the herd is lost? It, it's not lost. It's... Elsewhere. The herd is scattered. It's elsewhere. It's elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but 
uh, the plethora of cattle movies is what I think we want to start off with. Well, let's let's give a little history of, of cattle drives themselves. All right. You know. Okay. Let's like uh, I'll just uh, run down some quick stuff here. All right. While you do that, I'm going to put up the picture of the uh, how how they did. If I can find it here. Oh, the how they. Yeah, how they set up the uh, cattle drive. Made out the hands. Yeah. It's around here somewhere. Okay. There well, it while is. you're doing it. All right. Found, just found give, it. Just to give you a quick idea, the Chisholm Trail were about 1,000 miles long. On an average single herd on a long drive, for example, Texas to Kansas, mm-hmm. numbered around 3,000 head. Sometimes it was a lot more. Sometimes it was less. Uh, a crew of around a dozen men was pretty much standard, whether it was a bigger herd or a smaller herd, and uh, one of the sources that I was looking at said that they averaged around three horses a day per drover, and I think that's a little conservative. I think around five head or more, plus yeah, extra horses for the for the, you know, for the chuck wagon and the, the follow wagon, uh, because, you know, you, you just don't use the same horses day after day. And we're talking without. specialty horses, too, right? Well, well, uh, cutting horses well, and, and, and whatnot? Not so much the cutting horses. They would have probably been working more uh, during the roundup and, and when they were gathering. I see. And, uh, you know, identifying the different cattle, different herds, who belonged to what. And one of the interesting side points is that because part of the way they did it was, of course, by identifying brands. Mm-hmm. But the trail herds generally had a brand of their own, so you might have within the brand, within the herd, uh, depending on how many outfits joined together, maybe four or five outfits joined together, you have four or five different brands, or more because some outfits would have two and three brands because of their size. So they would put a single brand on all of them mm-hmm. to identify the entire herd, mm-hmm. and that was also part of the early roundup. Now, <clears throat> one of the other things you got here, there were four major trails, Uh, going up that way, and that was the Shawnee Trail, the Chisholm Trail, of course, the Western Trail, and the Goodnight Loving Trail. There was the fifth trail, the Potter Bean Trail, which that was later on, and of course then we had the Southern Immigrant Trail, which ran west. Now, this is an interesting thing. The pay on a cattle drive, a trail boss would make as much as $125 a month. Wow. Big money. Uh, drovers made anywhere between twenty and forty dollars a month. Hmm. And also, this is a thing that Harry has, has talked about a lot, and it's, I think it's interesting that during the period from the '60s to the '80s, black cowboys made up about a quarter of the of the ranch hands, cow hands, mm-hmm. drovers, and another estimated twenty percent were vaqueros. Uh, now, this is this I find this is not this is leaving the United States and. Going by boat with Quigley down down under okay. to Australia, but this is just one, and this is not not one of the longest. Uh, but it is noted Australia is noted for its long drives. Patsy Durack left Queensland for Queensland for Kimberley in Western Australia with eight thousand head, driving with uh, the driving took about two and a, two years, two months, oh and God. two days, something like that. They completed the drive of 3,000 miles and lost about half the herd. I hope the pay was commensurate with the amount of time spent. Hey, this is a labor of love and misery. There you go. All right. Love and misery. Hey, and now how the cattle drives were spaced out. Uh, I found this particular graphic from this website where apparently, and I'm sorry, I don't have the name of it, for you, but apparently uh, there is a role-playing game like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it's called uh, Cowboys and Cows. No, Aces and Eights, I guess, something like that. <laughs> and uh, so it's a role-playing game where you get to drive the cattle, and, and like in Dungeons and Dragons, you you roll dice to see how how well how well you've done and move uh, your character course. And the, and the dragons come out and steal your cows and, uh, I and bet put you, them in dungeons. Nah, I'm sure it's rustlers, probably oh, Roy Barcroft and rustlers. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, the graphic shows how a typical cattle drive may be may have been laid out, where in the front you have obviously the, the trail boss, then riding to the uh, oh about. Two points off the port beam, a port bow, I'll say. Port bow, is that cowboy <laughs> That's <talk>? left. Uh, <laughs> just a sailor on the desert, what can there I tell you? you? Go. Uh, the Wind ch- wagon, that's right. Alexander. The uh, chuck wagon, 
was set up, and then uh, and that always led the herd. That did, and you've got uh, so you got the herd in the middle there, and either side of the herd you have uh, the point riders, and they're right up in the front there uh, to make sure that they're doing the they cattle keep, are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Bunched in the swing riders who are doing the same essential thing, keeping them bunched in. The flanks, which are doing the same thing and pushing them and pushing, and the drag riders who are eating all the dust and. Uh, uh, and and they're also responsible for maintaining and keeping the cattle in the Those drive. Those are generally the the greenest cowboys on it. The young kids that maybe their first drive, they, they uh, get, or somebody that irritated the uh, <laughs> trail boss, and, and that, that would be he'd be put in his place for a few days maybe. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> if you if you're any fan of watching uh, the television series Rawhide, what's that on MeTV? I think. Uh, you'll see a lot of this going on or watch any cattle movie and you'll see this sort of thing going on. And then also traveling with the herd of beeves is uh, the Ramuda. Uh, And uh, there's a Wrangler. Yeah, Wrangler or two involved. They they were, yeah, well, you're right, Wranglers. But generally it was just, most of the time it was one guy, but sometimes they might. If it was a really big herd, they might have more. Yeah, depending on the size of the Ramuda. And, And the Ramuda is where the other horses were uh, stored, if for lack of a better word, um, yeah, while well, the drive was going on. Yeah, thank so. goodness, cattle and horses are herd animals. You imagine you'd be like herding chickens if it wasn't, or sheep. Well, you know, sheep are herd animals. <laughs> I know they, they like they like being with their woolly neighbors. I, I know. I'm, I'm just hassling you. Yeah. So that is uh, that's the cattle drive. Now, <clears throat> there's a number of cattle movies. That have come let out. Me, let me do this, yes, Eric, because this will lead us into that. Right. American Cowboy Magazine ranked the top five cattle drive magazines, magazines, cow movies, <laughs> and it had. And I, I don't necessarily agree with the list or the or the or the number, but mm-hmm. this is their thing, and so we're going to give them credit, honor, and any disgrace that falls upon them. There you go. Number one. Lonesome Dove, which is a TV miniseries, mm-hmm. but it's so great that it belongs on the top of any list. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys with John Wayne, Red River with John Wayne, Culpepper Cattle Company, which I think is an excellent yeah. City Slickers, which I don't think should be in the top five. It was good. Yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah, it, you it saw was, a modern cattle drive, yeah. but it was a dude ranch cattle drive, but yeah, it was still it was okay. Yeah. And that's, that's my segue, Harry. Well, there was one cattle movie that uh, cattle drive movie that came out in uh, 1939, I think, and uh, it starred Errol Flynn, and it is called um, Dodge, Dodge City. City. And uh, I, I found this clear. I found this trailer uh, on YouTube to talk about this, and this is just so cool. So let's take a look at this, and uh, and if you're not on the YouTube, you can listen to the great audio. Here we go. the most spectacular world premiere ever given a motion picture was the opening of Dodge City in the very town on which the film is based, Dodge City, Kansas. From Warner Brothers Studios in Hollywood, over 200 stars, studio executives, and newspaper men, headed by Errol Flynn, boarded the 14-car Santa Fe Dodge City special en route for the premiere celebration. From New York, Chicago, and other key cities, news correspondents were dispatched to Dodge City to cover the premiere. And Dodge City, a town of 10,000 people, was for the day the focal point of the entire Middle West. Starting two days in advance of the premiere, crowds began pouring into the city until an estimated 150,000 were on hand to welcome the stars. And when the Dodge City special pulled in, it was the signal for the start of the most gala holiday the state of Kansas has ever known. Thousands jammed the Dodge City station to greet the stars, and an official welcome was broadcast from coast to coast. The first of five nationwide broadcasts of the festivities. The crowd roars its welcome as Errol Flynn steps to the microphone. Following this, a mile-long parade with thousands lining the streets to get a glimpse of their favorite stars. Heading the parade was the Dodge City Band, followed by the governors of three states. Governor Payne H. Ratner of Kansas, Governor John Miles of New Mexico, and Governor Ralph Carr of Colorado. Close behind, mounted on horseback, was Errol Flynn, dashing star of the picture. 
Also in the saddle were Ann Sheridan with Governor Ratner's son in the rumble seat and Hoop Gibson. Here in an old-time western buckboard are Roseberry and Priscilla Lane. Behind them on horse is Alan Jones. Humphrey Bogart is next in line, followed by Buck Jones, Wayne Morris, Gene Parker, and Gloria Dixon. Following the parade, the stars helped dedicate the new Dodge City Stadium where they participated in a thrilling rodeo, as well as attended a public wedding. Errol Flynn acted as best man, while lovely Ann Sheridan was maid of honor. And in the evening, the main event, the actual world premiere of Warner Brothers' new Technicolor triumph, Dodge City. So great was the demand for tickets that the picture had to be premiered simultaneously in three theaters, with thousands and thousands of cheering spectators awaiting the theater appearance of the stars. And here they come, Errol Flynn, Ann Sheridan, Slapsy Maxie Rosenblum, Wayne Morris, Jane Wyman, Gloria Dixon, Hoot Gibson, Alan Hale, Rosemary Lane, Frank McHugh, and Alan Jones. Yes, indeed, it was a most notable event for Dodge City and an equally notable occasion for all those from Hollywood who made the trip. Emo, was had by all. And for Emo, <laughs> the music, the soundtrack was Max Steiner. Man, I have not... I, I, that guy was excited. I have... Yeah, he was. I mean, I've seen Dodge City. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, it was. You know... Uh, great bar fight. Oh, yeah. Awesome golf yeah. bar fight. I mean, yeah. Errol Flynn. I still like Errol Flynn. I mean, he's a good cowboy, oh. but I still think he's a better Robin Hood or Captain oh, he, Blood. He makes a great pirate, too. <laughs> I know he does. But, you know, you know, what you mentioned Slapsy Maxie Rosenblum, yeah. who was a prize fighter. He also made, starred in a Western called Slapsy Maxie Rides Again. Nice. And it is a hoot. It is one. <laughs> it is, it's up there with Lemonade Kid. You know, nice. it's awesome. Nice. Now, before we get further into what we're going to talk about here, and we're going to have to do it real fast, we've got to do our final break. And uh, the reason we do these things is because people pay to be on the show. Yeah, without them, we, people couldn't listen to us. Well, there you go. Or so watch us. That's a, or both. That's that's most excellent reason why. So yeah. we'll be back with much more of Amble Franzi's Voices of the West right after these very important messages. <laughs> Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Have you tried to set up your own last will and testament? It's frustrating. One size does not fit all. A will is the only way in Arizona that you can name a guardian for your minor children. You can also use a will to name a guardian for an adult. I like to think of it as not just a way to make sure things go to who you want. A will is a great way to keep out who you don't want. Zach and Schmitz, PLC, the experience to guide you through the legal maze, 520-664-3420, TucsonEstatePlanning.com. Tucson Traffic Skeet invites you to bring the family out this summer. We have a clubhouse and a restaurant for you to enjoy. Our summer hours are Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're located at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. Call 883-6426. Old-time Western radio shows every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Only on VOW Radio. 
Way down south of the borderline, there's a pretty little gal I've got in mind who's waiting, waiting, waiting. She said last year she'd sure be mine, so I guess right now is a pretty good time for maiden, maiden, maiden. Saddles packed on old Dan's back and strapped against his hide. Sun is bright, the world's all right, so now away I'll ride. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Just this waste of time, I'm hating, hating. And we are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. That would be none other than Ken Curtis. Oh, great. I was wondering who that was. Mm -hmm. Who was our other lead into the commercial? Uh, that was the Cimarron Sidekicks, Cattle Call. Cattle Call. Good group. They've and been on the show, and they're yes, great they guys. Yes, they have. Great guys. And other music that we've done, uh, the High Chaparral theme, of course. And we did Rawhide. Uh, uh, coming out of the first uh, commercial break, we did uh, Carol Markstrom, Crossing Borders. Carol is up for some great awards. Yes, she is. Uh, well, she's talented. <laughs> Hello. And she's been on the show, and we're going to have has. her back again one yes, of these days. We shall. Soon. And then uh, we did Riders in the Sky down the trail to San Antonio. So that was the... That was the name of those tunes. Well, you know, American Cowboy <laughs> had their list of five best. I don't do best lists. I know. I think all of them are, if you like them, they're best. Yeah. But my best of the group, if I had a best, would be Red River. You know, I'd have to go with that. Um, and I'm running the movie cards now. But one of my favorites is Cattle Drive. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Again, yeah. it's Joel McRae, Dean yeah. Stockwell. Well, that's my number two. Yeah, Dean Stockwell, this was the second movie he acted, uh, second or third, or first or second, I can't recall, movie that he acted uh, opposite uh, Joel McRae. And he's, you know, a little squirt at this, at this time. But uh, uh, oh, he's a perfect spoiled brat. Yeah, I mean this this was a this was a great production, and uh, and it was so authentic. That it was, was. and I'm I'm willing to tell you and bet bet uh, a social security check on it that the reason it was is because the star of the movie was an actual rancher. Well, you know, and you look you look at his choice of movies, you know, uh, Cattle Empire, mm -hmm. um, or oh, what else. Uh, uh, Black Stallion, mm -hmm. Canyon. Mm -hmm. uh, he just. There was one I watched the other day again. I can't. I can't. I'm drawing a blank on it. But again, he was. Oh, it was the one with where you think he's a bad guy with oh, his yeah. kid. Yeah. And turns out he's really an undercover. Mm -hmm. But you don't know that. Mm -hmm. And but you see like a real father. Yep. It's, it's, it's great. And let's see, what else do we have on here? We have a uh, cat. Oh, that's a, the, uh, I also have a picture of uh, a cattle drive uh, that was heading down uh, or up Bell Road uh, in Scottsdale, circa about 1920. That That is just so cool to see, well, you know, to see that sort that's of That's one of the neat things about our, our, our heritage and yeah. our legacy, which we're losing, yeah. is that, you know, they were still, you know, in, into the 40s and even some of the smaller towns and communities, cattle drives that were, they would come through town. You're still having some cattle drives, you know, a lot because a lot mm -hmm. of the ranches now have you know, the the range practice of, of moving your livestock to keep the grass fresh mm -hmm. and also not overgraze. You're seeing more of those. Uh, it is, it's, I think it's one of the greatest things in the world when someone's driving cross country. And they, they're driving, and all of a sudden, the yeah. road is closed up ahead because <laughs> they're using the bridge yeah. to move over from yeah. one side to the other. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's American. It's American. <laughs> and we also have Cattle Empire here, mm -hmm. uh, Joel McRae that you've talked about, and Gloria Talbot. Uh, well, this is one of my all-time favorites, and that's the, the showdown with Bill Elliott shot in 1950. And again, it's... It's you know it's just, it's the standard you know that he's trying to find the man who killed his brother. Sure. But he he joined it's just the, the his brother was working for a ranch. He was killed. He comes there and they're just getting ready to head out on a trail drive. He knows it's one of the ranch hands, so he joins the drive. But the description and the way the movie is filmed, it's kind of like cattle drive in a way. You really get the yeah. feeling of what a cattle drive was like and yeah. what they experienced. Now, the map uh, that I've found for ca various cattle drives uh, extends, they all extend from Texas. And there, there's a, a couple of them that look like they start from the Gulf of Mexico at the mouth of the Rio Grande there and head on up into Kansas 
and Kansas and Kansas. And Wyoming. And then we have another uh, couple that are going up to Nebraska to mm-hmm. hit the railhead. Uh, Union, the rails. Uh-huh. And Cheyenne, Denver also uh, to meet another railroad. The very uh, early ones went up into Arkansas. Yeah. And then, of course, they had the longer ones up into Montana when the uh, ranchers were starting to build the ranching empires in Wyoming and Montana. They were bringing Texas herds up to to have a stalker, you know, a breeder. And the reason all of this was happening was because of the want for beef. Yeah. And uh, Chicago had the packing yards, the stockyards, oh, yeah. a famous place. And if you ever went to uh, a game at Comiskey, the old Comiskey Park in Chicago, if you were sitting downwind. in the wrong place or downwind, <laughs> forget about it. Uh, <laughs> that, it was that bad. Uh, and, you know, there were also the cattle pens in New York uh, for uh, various butcher shops there. So. Well, you know, and, and the interesting thing, in New York, it was basically the kosher butcher shops. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and but his, 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 if we, we never talk about this when we talk about cattle drives, and it just kind of dawned my mind. But, you know, not all the cattle drives were across country for hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of them. Uh, just to give you an idea, at the Empire, they would have cattle drives going over to Fort Huachuca, delivering ca- cattle along mm-hmm. to the uh, to the mm-hmm. fort, uh, to the reservations, to Tombstone for the miners, the restaurants. So not all, some of the cattle drives were just maybe a couple a hundred bit. head, and just maybe you know less than a hundred miles or a couple hundred miles. Yeah, it was a local cattle cattle yeah. drive as it were. Exactly. And you know, <laughs> and they still have that to a degree. Now, one we can't we cannot go on without mentioning Please is do. Open Range. Yeah, I had that movie card up as well. That's yeah. a doggone good movie. Uh, I mean, that, that's authenticity yeah. as That's well. the open range, the, the, the dying of the yeah. passing of the open yeah. range, yeah. which is a lot of good films are based on the passing of the mm-hmm. West. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one is the Culpeper Cattle Company. Mm-hmm. Again, it's showing you, it's, that's one of the things, a lot of times when you see a cattle drive movie, all of the cowboys are middle-aged actors. Mm-hmm. Culpeper Cattle Company was about all these young squirts, mm-hmm. some of them fresh off the farm, that all they'd ever ridden was a draft horse or plow horse. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're they're high-powered cowboys. Dro- well, actually, they weren't cowboys, they were drovers. How about how about the cowboys, the movie The Cowboys? I the mean, Cowboys is a perfect kids. example of that, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, they, they weren't that young, but right. they were... But that was that was that whole premise, yeah. you know, and because they were starting, you know, kids, they were starting at cowboying at ten, twelve years old. They were running away from Nebraska and Ohio, mm-hmm. and getting away from the farms, and thanks to the dime novels and you know the nickel novels, uh, it was romantic, and they found out real quick that it wasn't. But no. there was something about the lifestyle that just captured them. Well, as you said earlier, is <clears throat> a labor of love, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and. Uh, I think if you take any job, profession, whatever one may do to earn dollars, frequently it's a labor of love because you're never going to earn the dollars you think you should earn. Well, it's 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 like modern day ranching and uh-huh. farming. You know, you owe more than you make, but you keep going because it's the land. It's the you know, generations, the many generations yeah, exactly. of family that have done this. Exactly. And you know, and it's the only lifestyle that really I think gives you the kind of satisfaction that money never will. Our late co-host Joe Dreyfus was a rancher and mm-hmm. uh, grew up on a ranch. And, oh, man, he Saint had all David kinds of stories uh, to tell about that oh, sort of yeah. thing. So we got about uh, a minute left here. Cowboys, John Wayne. Yep. That's the one you just mentioned. Uh-huh. And one that was shot right here in Tucson. It was the beginning of Tucson's film industry. Arizona, The it starts with the cattle drive, and it has one of the best stampedes on film. It's a great one. And, of course, the Cowboys, you know, which we, we mentioned. Oh, and this is one I have to throw in there because it's out of the country, Australia. And that's the name of it, Australia with Hugh Jackman. And it's about a great cattle drive that happens just at the beginning of World War One, with Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman. Okay. Texas with Glenn Ford and, uh, and uh, William Holden. A couple of cattle drives in that and an excellent movie. You know, sir, we're <clears throat> plumb out of time. But I've got more cards. I've got another. It's only I know. half of them, Harry. I'm well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can you hear them? Yeah, we can okay. hear them. Okay, okay. That's, that was them. You heard them. <laughs> Shuffling the cards. Yeah. We are done for right now. Next time we get together, uh, we're going to have a pretty doggone good discussion about Junior Bonner. Yes, and.
the son of the author who also worked with his father on the book, Junior Bonner. Mm -hmm. I've been reading the book. Uh, Stuart was kind enough to give me a copy so that I could learn. And, you know, I've spent years in the picture business, and I was learning good stuff just, just reading the book. You know, there you a lot go. of history, a lot of detail. And it's going to be good. It's going to be a fun show. That's our program for today. Thanks much for listening. Thanks much for viewing. Thanks much for downloading the podcast. And thanks much for visiting our particular sponsors because we love our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Very much so. So Saddle parts. Uh, saddle parts. There you go. So uh, until then, until next time, so long. And um, adios. Adios. Thank you much for joining us. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.